a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey friends and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today I have a special guest on the line. We are going to talk about freedom and economics. I have Daniel Harmon with me. He's the creator and executive producer at Tuttle Twins TV show, and he is the co-founder at Harmon Brothers and the co-founder at Angel Studios. I'm sure many of you recognize that name, but probably of equal interest to my listeners is that he is the father of seven and a homeschool dad. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's such a pleasure. And, um, you know, I don't do a lot of interviews, but this really caught my eye because I am a fan of the Tuttle Twins uh, novels. I bought several sets of them for family and grandchildren. Um, And um, as I was sharing off air, when I was listening to them, uh, reading them to the kids, I said, oh, well, now grandma really understands it better. So (laughs) I think it's on a couple of levels there, you know, for for those of us who maybe not uh, didn't get the education we needed. So we're going to talk about some points that I think um, parents will really benefit from knowing um, before we get into what the Tuttle Twins uh, TV show is all about. So, you know, our topic is uh, freedom and economics, but before we get into that, I would like you to share a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah. So as you mentioned, um, my wife and I homeschool our kids. We have seven kids um, and that has been a fun adventure. And when I say my wife and I, I really do mean my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Daniel. (laughs) She's the one doing the heavy lifting. I do, I do step in and help out with papers and things like that at night. And I help, I help you know, uh, do research on different resources and things that we can, we, we can use, but yeah, my, my wife gets the 90, 90 plus percent of the credit there. And, um, I think we kind of approach it from, from different, uh, viewpoints. A lot of, I think my wife's desire was to sort of shield our kids a little bit from some of the influences of the world. And I, yeah, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, that desire. I'm, I'm very much um, uh, of that mindset as well. But a lot of my desire with homeschooling was to not stifle their creativity, right? Was to allow for them to 
spend more time pursuing their passions and it not have to be done in um, a setting where it's just all, you know, jumping through hoops and um, this is the curriculum you have to do as opposed to this one. And I just wanted, I wanted a little bit more of, I, I grew up homeschooled um, in, in a little far, farming community in Idaho. And um, my brothers and I were allowed to run freely and explore a lot. And I think that informed a lot of our personality and drive as entrepreneurs. And so I wanted some of that for my kids. That's wonderful. Have you been listening to my podcast? Because I rant about time to think. And I'm always telling parents, you have to give your children time to think. Yes. And that's, and that's that whole creativity thing. Although it does get you in trouble. I don't know how, what What are the age range of your children? First? So my, my kids range from one in heaven to uh, from seven years old up to um, 18. Okay. So you've got the, you've got a good range there. So mm -hmm. I found out like, I guess my, the youngest three were really the ones, the, the first two were were fine. They they didn't get into as much trouble, but I had two of them at that point in time. And then the next three have had a little bit more leeway, but I had one of my children come in and say, um, mom, Michael needs to tell you something. And I said, okay, son, you know, what do you need to tell me? And he kind of looked at me and he goes, am I going to get in trouble? I said, it really depends. <laughs> you know, he's already <laughs> yeah. negotiating. Yeah. And so apparently he decided that the back, we live on a couple of acres, that the back watershed was the perfect height to jump and roll and, you know, do that roll and tuck that you see mm -hmm. they, you know, like we'll do on some television show or something. Yeah. And he did it very successfully several times until his older siblings caught him. Uh, <laughs> the child is now in the army and he did pass the army ranger program in 65 days. So, <laughs> he kept, so God bless him. And we pray for Michael. <clears throat> He's an officer now. So, you know, but you know, who who would have thought right? right so um the time to think was not quite <laughs> quite what i had in mind but they did they loved you know all of them have extensive hobbies and things that they like to do and that was giving them that chance and i read something about creativity too and how a lot of the universities are saying you know we need people who are more creative well do you think you know and we've yep. known this you know so you, your parents knew this right Yep. So, um, so that's wonderful. That's great. Okay. So economics, not my favorite topic. Uh -huh. Freedom is, <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah. economics, not so much. Um, you know, it, it's, I think people are feeling it now. So it's a very timely yeah. discussion, but, uh, we're going to share some things that some insights for parents, about, um, you know, some of the things they should consider when educating their kids that maybe some information that they should know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're not the only one that the economics is not the the uh, the sexiest sort of a topic when when you're thinking of, of things that you want to teach. And there's a lot of perception out there that it is reserved for someone else, right? For some sort of a professor or someone that's studying um, economics in college or something like that. And I think we've seen um, now, especially with like Tuttle Twins, both with the book series and, and the TV show, that it is something that kids can actually understand when it is put in the context of the principles of freedom, of your rights. Um, and that it's not as complicated as it's made out to right. be. Um, they, they overcomplicate it in a way that does a lot of destruction to our economy. 
but it is not nearly as complicated as uh, as they make it out to be. And it's much more understandable. So if you start from a basis of we all have rights, right? Rights to life, to liberty, to property, you know, the things that were enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And those rights are defined by the economist Frederick Bastia, who wrote the book, The Law. And in there, he talks about um, those those sort of inherent God-given rights. And when and kids kind of instinctively know this, right? That if you um if they have something that they've worked for, you can't go and take that away from them. Now that's unfair, right? That's their property. Right. And that if <laughs> you are going to go and hurt them or kill them or something like that, no, that's my right to my life. Um, you you can't do that. Um uh, and then they have their liberty, their their ability to make their own decisions and, and to um, pursue their own dreams and passions and things like that. And people can't also get in the way of that. And then when you understand that with economics, really, the high level principle here is that you any policy that is put in place needs to not only benefit one group in the short term, but it needs to benefit benefit all groups in the long term. And and kids kind of get that, right? That like it needs to be something that's not just favoring a given industry or corporation or something like that. It needs to be something that is really creating a fair playing field for everyone. But you that, mean no, that, no special interest groups allowed? No, spe- <laughs> no special, no special interest groups. Oh. Um, um, that that counts for things like subsidies, right? Mm-hmm. When when a when a subsidy comes in, it messes up the market because it right. it makes the price of things really get kind of wonky, and um, it goes for things like uh, very specific laws that are meant to keep. Um, new up and coming businesses down, but really protect the big businesses in the, in their place, and um, to all sorts of redistribution kind of arguments of of economics of like, well, if we just take money from this group and we give it to this other group, then that's going to be uh, going to be fair. And we're going for you know equal opportunities as far as rights go, not equal outcomes, right? And, and and kids kids can actually understand that when you break that down for them um, and and do it in a way where um, you do it in a story form and those kinds of things and and it as we go through this process we're we're learning and seeing that we are living up the consequences of not having a good foundation of economics because of what's happening right now with the national debt. And with our government just spending at a you know at a deficit of something like 1.7 trillion a year, and 33 trillion dollars in debt, wow. and no, no stopping it, like no even intent to try to rein that in, right? And it hasn't really mattered if you've had a Democrat or a Republican in office over the past 20 or 30 years. That debt just climbs exponentially, right? Wow. Yeah, it's and, it's gotten ridiculous. It it's it's that's why so many of us don't want to watch the television anymore or don't even right. want to read about what's happening. So basically we've buried our heads and I think with the pandemic that came out that opened everybody's eyes. Oh, let's see. The big box stores can stay open but the small mom and pop stores cannot. Yes. yes. And you know, it was 
I refused to go into the stores. I was really, my poor husband did the shopping because, you know, I was really upset about it, which wouldn't have helped because we wouldn't have had food because we don't grow (laughs) on. But, you know, I think that's one of the things that people are really looking at. It opened our eyes, but what are we going to do about it? So I think what you're doing with your, you know, group and your company is really good because you're opening, you're continuing that not only now that people are awake, so to speak, you're going to start educating them on, you know, some of these principles that are inherent to all of us, like you stated. And then also what's the next step? Because I, you know, I remember going to homeschool conferences years ago and I had an education background and I'm going, oh, this is really great. You know, some speaker was inspiring or this is really good, but they never really told you now what, you know, how do you put this information together and what do you do with it? And so um, that's one of the reasons I started my own company and, you know, looked at some of the, you know, go teach science. Well, how do you do that? You know, how do you do a lab at home? I don't like science. Uh, So of course I wrote science curriculum because God has a sense of humor, but it's, (laughs) you know, it's that kind of a thing that you, we were listening and I'm hoping parents take this as a call to action, you know, take a look at what you guys have out there. And, um, and, you know, I think the other thing when we were talking before we started recording, is you said, you know, that, that, a lot of people thought maybe not so much homeschoolers because we're homeschooling, but think that education was up to someone else. Yes. So- yes. I, I, yeah, I, you, I'm glad you bring that up because I think that very much was the mentality of most parents prior to 2020, right? Where mm-hmm. they were saying to themselves, oh, the public sy- school systems got my kids. Um, it's fine. Nothing's wrong here. <laughs> and then right? all of a sudden, the pandemic hits, everyone's in their homes, schooling goes virtual, and the video feeds from the teachers are going straight into the house. And for the first time in a long time, parents are now getting a more direct feedback loop um, into and insights into what is being taught to their kids. And then they're starting to be like, oh my goodness, this is what you're learning in school? And they're, and they're, and they're waking up not just to what's being taught, but the way it's being taught of like, oh, you know, they're at home and but, but why, why are they wasting the time on the subjects and having to jump through all these hoops and things like that? And, and it's more than anything, they're realizing um, we've kind of all known in the back of our heads from the statistics and numbers for a while that the public education system was, was failing the right. American people, right? But now they were understanding it firsthand with their, with their own kids. And... Um, and then I think a lot of parents woke up to the fact that, am I going to wait around for this to change either from my local public school or, or from the government side of things, or am I going to do something about it? And I think tons of parents stepped up and said, I'm going to do something about it. So some, right. some pulled their kids out of school. Um, some started just getting more involved and they started saying, I want the things that I hold dear taught to my kids. And so you mentioned you know, you, you've been a fan of the of the Tuttle Twins book series that Connor Boyack and Elijah Stanfield um, wrote, and that they they sold over five million copies. Wow! And nothing made that number jump higher than COVID. As so soon as wanna... the parents started waking up right. to this, they're like, "I need resources. I need to try to fix this myself." And they started bringing this into their home in order to really take charge of their kids' education in a way that they hadn't in the past of getting more involved that's right. that's actually really 
a silver lining and an encouraging thing that happened from, from COVID with all the loss of rights and, and all the government overreach that happened. That was one of the good things of, of parents actually saying, wait a minute, I, I finally need to step up to this responsibility more myself. Right. And I mean, we're not going to live forever. And, you know, it's horrible to say this, but, you know, I, I, I know people who, you know, died and it was a horrible situation and not anything to diminish that. But I just think that, you know, only God knows when we're going to die. Yes, we don't jump right. off a building, but he's in charge. And so, you know, um, I think there was just, uh, there was so much fear um, that was driven, you know, um, we saw, I live in a community, uh, we're in Southwest Florida. So we have a lot of elderly, but people, older people in their cars, afraid to get out to go to the grocery store because they were afraid. So uh, my daughter shared, she came home one day and she actually gave this elderly couple her phone number and they gave her a hundred dollars to go in the store and buy what they needed because they were so fearful of going in. Oh, and I man. think that, you know, it just breaks my heart. And I think that there's there was so much perpetuated in that. But there was, you know, Romans 828, you know, God will, you know, turn what is evil into good for those who believe. So I'm paraphrasing there. Um, but you know, it's just um so important that we keep our eyes on the past which I think has been part of the problem. And, um, you know, history is getting erased. So that is one of the things that, I mean, for those of you going to Washington, D.C., I went to the Smithsonian last, um, for a wedding, we were there for my niece's wedding, and I stood in front of the Oort cloud in the Smithsonian and with my um, nieces and nephews uh, that were very young to my adult kids going, okay, this is not real because Ort just came up with this idea that this cloud, you know, puts these um, meteorites out because you know what? Our, there can't be meteorites because our earth is too old, according to their philosophy. So some man by mis named Ort came up with an Ort cloud. So I just looked at this and said, oh my gosh, I go to my kids. Do you remember learning about this? Vaguely, mom, not a good answer. <laughs> so I, uh -huh. I launched into this whole thing and there were other people who were listening and my husband's just shaking his head going, here she goes. But, you know, it, there's falsities out there. It's a theory. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. presented Mr. as truth, as right. hard truth when really right. it's a theory. Right. He and thinks that's where it is. Has anyone ever found this Oort cloud? No. Does anyone know where the edge of the universe is? No. So look that up, you know, for those of you listening. Okay. We segued into the wrong territory. Sorry. Um, but when we get into education and what's being taught and, you know, I, I used to love the Smithsonian's. My, we have family that lives nearby um, in, in DC. So we used to go all the time. And now, you know, if you go, be educated is all yeah. I can say. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you kind of alluded to the national debt, but just, yeah. you know, give us the breakdown per person. You told me that off air. I was like, yes. Shocked. So, so the, uh, so it's $33 trillion and counting, right. At, at, adding, adding right now, if you actually go to the website, it, all these numbers are there. It's usdebtclock.org. <laughs> and it just sits there and runs the number. So we're at $33.7 trillion in debt. Um, the debt per citizen um, is $100,000 now, and the debt per taxpayer is $259,000. That's the obligation that just keeps getting kicked down to our kids and our grandkids, right? That's, the, that's, what they're, that's what they're putting off. And so 
There's no intention of ever paying this back. Doesn't matter who's in office. That that's clear at this point. If we if for those of us that have enough years of, under our belt, right, the history right. is very clear of where this is going. That the um, both parties are complicit in this. They're both um, participating. Oh, I'll scratch my your back. You scratch mine. I I get. I get to um, overspend in this area and you get to overspend in that one. And we all just overspend together. And that's kind of where we're headed. So um, the big thing that needs to be addressed here is understanding where this is all coming from, right? It's simply a matter of budgeting. Are you, are you taking in enough money to cover the things that you're spending the money on? And um, it's not actually much it's not overly complicated it's just do we have the money to pay for it if we don't then we shouldn't be spending it right kind of, kind of like what we do at home you know kind of like what we do at things. home we you all know, have you want to a live new that car way. okay like this year I was, I was supposed to get another car and we just don't have the money for that because we yep. put our money into a truck for our business so yeah. guess what daniel i'm not going to go borrow this money which i could easily do I am going to start saving That's <laughs> a right. novel, novel idea. Yep. You know? Not only saving, but you, we have to invest because right. the, the, the flip side of this is the national debt plays into the inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as we create more money out of thin air, which is what the federal reserve does in order to try to help us avoid financial disaster. Again, you mentioned that idea of like, getting people to fear, right? So many people feared COVID. It was like to a crippling point um, for many people. Like you said, it was it's a real sickness. A lot of people died. All that is extremely sad, but are we going to live our lives in fear or are we going to live them um, kind of moving forward with faith? Right. And that's kind of founda- foundationally what the government does in order to accomplish its means is they get people into a fear frenzy. And so one of the big fears they use is, we can't ever balance the budget because then we won't be able to pay for X, Y, and Z thing. And that means this like means government employees, or, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Well, right. I mean, it would just mean government employees would have right. to get laid off and the government would have to do less than it's doing right now, right? Um, and so the obligation on it is 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 huge. Like the to service the debt itself, to pay the interest on it, it is... I forget what the number on that is, but that that well, that one's astronomical as well. So what we kind of need to wrap our head around is where where is um, where's the inflation coming from? Right, it's coming from an over overspending and an overprinting of money. Right, kids kind of understand that they're told out told out there. We're hear all these messages. Oh, it's corporate greed, and it's all this like sort of supply and demand. Well, yes, it is supply and demand, but it's supply and demand of money. You've created way too much money. And and so therefore, all the prices on the homes are going up. All the prices on our goods and services are going up of, of our daily expenses. And what has to be addressed is the fact that this is not going anywhere. Meaning, inflation it kicked into high gear with COVID because of all the um, the stimulus that they did and all the money that they printed. But it will not be going away in our lifetime. It, it, to continue the way that we are. Inflation is here to stay. It's in what it it's in what number, right? Does it get into the the ten percent per year? Does it get into the twenty percent per year? Thirty percent? Like it's if if it, if um, your dollar loses thirty five percent of its value in a year, that is technically defined as hyperinflation. I I can't even remember if that's the number. I I'm sorry, I'm pulling that out out of my head. But hyperinflation is where you get into that kind of place, like 
Zimbabwe was in and like Venezuela's been in and the Weimar Republic and all these different different places that that just produced so much money that when people would get their paycheck, they had to run to the grocery store before um, before the price would go up on their bread and their milk and their eggs and all those different kinds of things. And my brother is married to um, a woman who uh, who grew up in Brazil. And she lived in a time when this hyperinflation was happening. And she remembers her dad coming home, getting paid, and just sending the family out. Okay, let's go out and get all our stuff right now. Because next week or tomorrow, all those prices could be different. And instead of saving and investing for the future, you just go into survival mode. And then you're not building. And then you have a, a collapsing system. So what we have to understand is that we need to spend less than we're making for us as individuals, because again, inflation is not going away. The government, we can either wait around for the government to fix it, which they haven't shown any signs of doing, or we can say, what am I going to do to live in this environment? Right. Um, and I need to, I need to spend less than I make. And then I need to take that money and not just save it, but I need to invest it. I need to put it in things like um, if you can get into you know, this is a higher level, but like real estate would be one thing that people could get into if they can, or um, companies that you believe are growing and that are adding value to the world that so putting it into stocks or to shares, or, you know, things like gold or Bitcoin um, are other are other things that that can um, maintain more of their value and have built in scarcity, whereas the dollar, it's just going to be as much of it as they as much as they want to print, our two most viral episodes and Untitled Twins all have to do with inflation and have to do with um, Bitcoin. And because people are feeling it in their pocketbook right right now as they go to the gas pump, as they go and pay for um, their commodities at the grocery store. And the st- what's happening is inflation steals from the everyday person. That's what it does. Is because the well-connected get the money at the top first and they get to spend it before you and I do, right? And so when that happens, when they're spending, they get today's prices. But by the time the money trickles down to the everyday person, then we no longer have the same prices to pay for it. So everyone at the top gets a discount on their goods and services because they get the money first. And then the people at the bottom are the ones that are playing what, what is called the invisible tax of inflation they're just paying more for their everyday things and their standard of living decreases right. does that and make sense yes it does and so many people have you know shared that they're struggling you know and it and it is really yes. difficult so that takes us to the tuttle twins uh tv show and um you know you were telling me off air that you know you're getting ready for season two and i'm sure many of my listeners didn't even know you had season one Uh, So this is exciting. And what's really exciting is that it's free. (laughs) So, so share about that. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about it. So our distributor is Angel Studios, more known for um, the Sound of Freedom, Sound of Freedom and The Chosen. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're on their platform. We have the show is free to to watch. You can go to TuttleTwins.tv and uh, that's where you can get it. But we're based off of the book series that um, that you've bought uh, for your grandkids, uh, Felice, and it it's all about principles of freedom and economics. So we teach about 
things like rights to life, liberty and property, the golden rule, entrepreneurship, free trade, inflation, um, disagree with, disagreeing with someone doesn't make them your enemy, um, subsidies, all these things, but we, we boil them down into concepts that kids can actually understand. And so much of that is because of what Connor already did with his book series. He's made it super accessible for kids to understand. And we're, when parents sit down and read them with the kids, they're like, I'm understanding this for the first time. I've always believed this, but I didn't under, I didn't know how to logically explain it to my kids. And the show has always been intended as a co-viewing experience. So we've got lots of meaning we want, we want parents to watch it with their kids. We don't want them to, to blindly throw their kids in front of it and be like, oh, you go and watch this and learn your stuff. We want parents to watch it with the kids and then have this dinner table discussions about it. Actually understand where is inflation coming from? You know, um, actually understand what is the role of government? Is it to provide for needs and wants or is it to protect rights? Those are the kind of issues that we that we attack in the show. And as I mentioned before, the book series itself has sold over 5 million copies. Parents are super excited about this. We Our numbers show that the Coviune experience intent is actually working, that it's um, about 80% of our episodes are watched with the parents, maybe not on the third, fourth, and fifth <laughs> viewing, right. <laughs> but, but the first one for the kids that they're, they're watching it with their kids and they're saying things like, I'm learning more from this than I ever thought I would. Right. Um, that's and that's really, that's really encouraging right. for us. And so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Wonderful. And I think too, um, you know, you said that there was a grandma um, in the episode so that, you know, we're, we're talking about grandma in here too, right? Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. So their grandma is a, an immigrant from Cuba. And so she lived under the thumb of communism and is well aware of the oppression that that brought with it. And so she is teaching her grandkids about these concepts of, of, of freedom um, and sort of totalitarianism versus, you know, um, the principles of freedom. And she, and she has that, she has that firsthand experience. And so when they learn about, um, you know, the, the concept of every being, everybody being paid equally, right? That's a really nice sounding concept to people like, oh, doctor gets the same as um, a taxi driver. And a lawyer makes the same thing as a grocery clerk. That, that sounds rosy and nice. It's like everyone equal, right? But then in reality, what happens is that the incentives go down for, for developing really skilled services, right? Mm -hmm. A doctor is a very skilled person. It has to go through, go through you know, eight years of, of medical school to reach where it is, or maybe even specialize even further than that for like brain surgery and, and different things. And where's the incentive to do that unless they're getting paid for it in the way that, um, in the way a market values for it? So we, we use the example of um, a taxi driver versus a doctor, right? If you don't have a ride in a taxi, you're either going to pick it up from a friend or you're going to walk or you're going to bike. And that is inconvenient. But if you don't have a doctor to operate on your heart or your brain at a critical time, that could cost you your life. So of course the value of that is going to be extremely high, right? Right. right. And um, so they learn about those kinds of principles that when the incentives are lost, we just released um, an episode as well in, in season two, we've released an episode now about socialism, that when incentives are lost, we all have to bear the cost. 
It's not that people are inherently lazy. I mean, maybe you could argue otherwise, but I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that people are inherently lazy. It's, it's if they don't have an incentive to go out and work and to provide for themselves, and if it's just being given to them by by somebody, then it's not. They're they're not going to do the hard work that's right. necessary in the same way as if they they know okay this is really dependent on me to improve my situation, and that's that's the real failure of the the concept of socialism and of communism is that well, it, it wipes out worked. the ins- yeah, it hasn't right. worked it's never worked we can look at all the countries where it hasn't worked and we can that's see right. the evidence for that and if that's not enough and that's why i think the tide has turned even in the election system because um, a lot of the people that are coming through our borders are from those countries that they fleed from and yep. so uh they already know i mean i've heard this you know word on the street from my hairdresser who's you know got family all over and she said you know they're just shocked that the Americans are not, they're so complacent because we've had, you know, we've been the epitome. And she said, um, she explained it like this. She goes, America has always been the hope of, of other nations. And now they're just, they don't feel like there's any hope because they see what's happening here. I also had immigrant parents. My parents came from Italy. So I'm a first generation, you know, and I remember, you know, never remembering that we didn't have money, but we didn't have money. I just don't remember that because it wasn't, you know, everybody worked together. They pulled their money, you know, however the sisters could, you know, and, and then with my dad and helping out my grandmother. And so we just helped each other because it's something you did. If one family member had a little bit more, they shared it with the other. And that's just a foreign concept now. Um, and I always taught my children, things are not fair. And if your brother gets something this time, maybe you'll get something next time. You know, it wasn't like mm-hmm. there was there was like some invisible rules. You know, you can't say, well, why didn't yep. I get that? Or I didn't get that for my birthday or, you know, and I said, yes, you also didn't get mowing the lawn. You know, it, it was mm-hmm. I'm really quick on my feet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and so my poor children. But, you know, it it just really is something that I think kids always think things have to be fair. Um, distribution wise, we're talking about something else in, in, the, right. in this, you know, the scheme of economics. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a self, um, people are just care about themselves today. I, you know, yeah. even just hiring people for a construction company has been a nightmare. I spent thousands of dollars on, you know, employment agencies and things trying to get someone who wants to start at 20 20 an hour going up to 40 an hour and that's still difficult to get employees and you wouldn't think yeah. it would be so yeah, because there's so much free money available right right you know With the it's, it's taking right? it's, t- it's taking away the incentive from the people and so i mean you you bring up um some some really good points uh, on this that kids want things to be fair and um they understand the concept of fairness, like the go- the government should treat people fairly, right? That that right. that should be what they're trying to do, but that's so much of, of what they're not doing now, right? Is they're actually favoring special interest groups, they're favoring specific industries, specific businesses, um, or or you know particular groups, mm-hmm. and that's and and people can see that that's kind of out of whack, and so it really comes down to that 
sort of foundational question about what is the role of government. And what we do with the show is the grandma has a time traveling wheelchair. So she takes- <laughs> Awesome. She, she I takes, want one. <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't we all? She takes her kids back in time to learn from figures in history like Benjamin Franklin and Annie Turbo Malone and Frederick Bastiat and, um, and Henry Hazlitt and Harriet Tubman and all these different um, really- incredible figures of history um, and to see those lessons sort of firsthand so that they can go and apply them in their, in their lives. And so we've kind of taken the approach with the show that it needs to be entertaining enough that kids will choose it as something to watch over their options on Disney plus and YouTube right. and Netflix and the like, that they're really engaged with the characters and the story and the fact that it has sort of this, um, sci-fi adventure element to it and then it's and it's really fun and at the top on the at the same time they're getting really great principles with it like i said it, we tried to have uh, a specific lesson that you can distill down to a what we call a bumper sticker in each in Wonderful. each episode so something like disagree doesn't mean enemy right Excellent. just because you're disagreeing with someone doesn't make them on team bad and you're on team good right, right? you can or, say i agree to disagree you know how many times i've said that <laughs> right right and then um the entrepreneur makes problems fewer so we try to have it be catchy um Very inflation hurt, hurts a nation right um uh sometimes it's okay to civilly disobey and that's when we visit harriet tubman and uh, learn from rosa parks and those those kinds of things right. so we we have these concepts that we're trying to distill down because for me, I always remember the lesson from the Spider-Man movie, the original one with Tobey Maguire, um, with great power comes, can you complete that for me, Felice? With great no. power comes great. <laughs> oh, it's okay. With great power comes great responsibility. That's the line. Oh, okay. that hopefully most of your viewers remember that. But you remember that line, A, because it's catchy, B, because it's truth. With great power comes great responsibility. And also because there was so much really good story around that mm -hmm. and great characters. And that makes things much more memorable and lasting for kids to be, be able to understand. And so it's been really fun to see the audience react really well to the show. Um, our IMDb scores, that's where people go on and rate. It's called the Internet Movie Database. The IMDb scores are fairly high. Our Wonderful. Rotten Tomato scores are pretty high with the audience, and and uh, it's really been resonating with people, just like the book Good. series has. Good, and you have it's on all platforms. You said too on YouTube, Facebook. We're not on TikTok, so, so but, but but you might as well, well put we, good we stuff put, over there. We put clips on TikTok just to spread okay. the show, but we've been shadow banned as well. So, okay. <laughs> so I, that hasn't I, been as helpful. Yeah, I, I but, bet. Yeah, then, but the um, it is. We do release the episodes live when they come out there on YouTube and on Facebook, but where you can go and find all the past episodes of seasons one and two is on the Angel app, and it's all okay, free wonderful. there. Yep. So they can just download it on their on their phone or even on like if phone. you have an Apple computer, I'm sure you can. Yep, you yeah. can get it wonderful. all there and it's free. Okay, wonderful. Well, this has been so great. Um, I, you know, when you reached out for the interview, I sent it to my daughter. So the grandkids have already been, I don't know how many episodes they've watched already, but they were like, thank you, grandma. That was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, and some of it they did remember from the book. So that's good because yeah. you kind of wonder sometimes, you know, if you're reading stuff, how much they, they recall, but they do. And especially yeah, if it right. resonates with them and there's just, uh, gosh, there's so much we could be 
talking about, but at least you've, you know, I mean, I like to not dwell on the problems. And I think, um, you know, yes, we need to know and, and be proactive, but it's good to get a review of them in our minds and say, okay, so now what are you going to do about it? That's right. You know, we cannot be complacent anymore. And I think that's one of the remarkable things about homeschoolers is we're not, we're, you know, homeschooling is hard. It's, you know, you don't get the gold watch at the end. I clocked in at 32 years when I completed my homeschool journey. And, and I always, when I would share that at conference, I would say to people, and that's probably older than some of you are, you know, and they would be shaking their heads. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but I would not trade it for anything in the world. You know, we're yeah. still, we're close knit as a family, you know, um, you know, my son's flying in on Thanksgiving day to be home with us. Cause as we're recording, um, this, the holidays are coming up. And so, you know, it's wonderful. It's like all the seeds you're planting as parents are so important and it's so, um, it's so fulfilling, you know, it, it's, uh, better than anything that you could possibly do. So, and hooray so, to all your listeners that are choosing to homeschool and are just doing God's work in that. I mean, it, it's, absolutely. it's, it's, it's amazing. Like that you're, it is a true sacrifice, especially for the moms to, to do that. And so, um, just kudos to all of you. It's, it's, it is really the, the foundation of a future generation. It's not about winning the next election cycle and stuff. It's all about the long game. Right. Well, praise God. And thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And I will have links uh, to your, um, you know, episodes um, where people can find them. And uh, the Moss children, my grandkids have really loved them. So they give, they get, you know, there's nine of those of them over there, but only only eight of them can watch it. <laughs> the little one's too little. But yeah. thanks so much. I appreciate you, you reaching me. out, Daniel, and uh, look forward to what's next. Awesome. Right, Thank take you. care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.